is gone. So what will we drink? Nikki, come back. Speaking of back, Dan is back. Hi, Dan. Howdy ho. <laughs> I'm going to talk a little bit about heat waves and hail damage. Dan's going to talk about bugs in your garden. And I guess since Nikki's gone... We're just going to have to drink some beers. Welcome to Verdant North. Cheers. So cold says drink your beers in your garden. (laughs) (laughs) I have a can so it doesn't clink. (laughs) Sound effects aren't up to par. (laughs) That's what people will say. That that podcast had bad sound effects. That's the most complaints of all the gardening podcasts I hear. uh, Not enough sound effects. No Foley teams. (laughs) Hi, everybody. Dan, where were you? Uh, to be perfectly honest, I don't remember. <laughs> it's only a week ago. You'd think I'd know what I was doing. But. So he blew us off is what he's saying. Uh, thanks, Dan. <laughs> I'm a busy man. I'm so busy um, man. I saw that uh, moderate alcohol consumption leads to uh, reduced memory and uh, brain issues. So if you have more than like eight to 10 beverages a week, you're all, you're still damaging yourself. And I thought that made a lot of sense to me and explained a lot of things in my life and about, and about you, Dan. No, I'm just kidding. (laughs) Just kidding. I can't use that as an excuse. I barely, I don't know. So, so tonight I'm drinking a, a summit beer, a Keller Pills. I do really enjoy a nice Pilsner these days. I went through yeah. the whole, yeah. you know, super happy mm-hmm. IPA phase with everybody like four or five years ago. And now, you know, IPA is being refined and redefined over and over again because then it was, oh, it's a West Coast. Oh, it's a grapefruit IPA. And now Randy's like, check out my Vermont beer. This is your best one. Vermont IPAs are still the best IPAs and people <laughs> can argue one way or another, but they're wrong. <laughs> <laughs> Unless they're right. But I mean, I like pills too. I like the maltiness over the lager. So I usually prefer a nice Pilsner. Yeah. I'm not a big malty fan, but there's something about like a nice Pilsner, especially Bohemian Pilsners. I really love that, um, that, that floral note you get to it, the nice crispy taste. They're just so light and refreshing. And yeah. it's like a, it's a great change of pace from having had so many IPAs. <laughs> <laughs> I, I crave these now. I don't know. Every, you know, we all go through phases. I'm in a, I'm out of the IPA phase for the most part, although I'll always drink a delicious floral IPA, but right now I like floral Pilsners. So there, there you go. There you are. What are you drinking? What are you drinking, Mr. Randy? I have myself just a regular old New Belgium fat tire, the old amber ale. Uh, no, it's like my go-to. It's one of my introductory like micro brews that I've ever had in my life, and I, I still appreciate it. It's it's kind of um, gone down the pegs in what I really like, but at the same time, like I can always go back to it and enjoy it. I, I feel like it was definitely a gateway beer that started teaching me how to like craft beer for sure. I really like it. It's a, I mean, for most of your beers out there, for your Keystone, all that stuff, like all your major, major retailer beer companies, like it's still more complex than anything they have to offer. So, you know, what are you going to do? Yeah. How about, how about you over there, Dan? Uh, I am drinking a Liney's Summer Shandy. (laughs) (laughs) Is it 
it scrumptious? It is quite scrumptious. Uh, it's a Weiss beer that's been uh, brewed with honey and natural lemonade flavor. I don't know how lemonade is natural, but lemon flavor, natural lemon flavor. It's just a little pine salt in there, lemon fresh <laughs> pine salt. <laughs> Got to clean up the guts. Yeah. No, I used to, uh, summer shandy was what we looked forward to. I went to school uh, at SDSU in South Dakota, and in... 2008, there weren't a lot of craft beers there. It was before there was any kind of brewery there. Um, and like Summer Shandy was something you looked forward to going to. What was that bar? Skinner's? Uh, like any of the bars, I guess. Uh, I don't know. Uh, I mean, there's Safari Lounge, Saf Lounge. Was, it's gone. It's not it's the gone. Saf anymore. I know. It changed. Yeah. But we would go to the Saf on uh, Monday nights because you could get Grain Belt for a quarter a pint so you'd get a load of quarters you would get some grain belt and you'd go across the street and do your laundry with quarters and we would sometimes play pool but mostly that was just i think i think a whole pitcher of grain belt was like a buck 25 or something like that's wild (laughs) so was the safari lounge And now, like, Brookings has an actual brewery in it, Wooden Legs. It's not too bad. I've no, enjoyed it. No, it isn't. I I've made really my mom it. go yeah. there, and she made a terrible face with every beer I made her oh, try. that's a shame. It's actually a pretty solid brewery. I know. I like it. yeah. My mom is just, I wish it was know. there when we were there. That's She's it. not a beer lady. She likes maybe a little bit of pink wine with a little bit of 7-Up and an ice cube. Like, that, that's, that's my mom to a T as well. <laughs> she hates beers. We can get her some uh, the rhubarb wine from uh, Prayer oh, Berry. red-ass rhubarb. Red, it's actually pretty solid wine but it's still like it's like the most flavorful thing she'll try it is arbor mist made in (laughs) with a with a good high alcohol content made at home Uh, yeah 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 yeah. it's like south dakota sangria it really is (laughs) it's good it's good it's it's a good wine anyways i what i like since we're since we talked about uh we talked about that winery. They also have a brewery now. So they're in the Black yeah. Prairie Berry. And the cool thing about Prairie Berry is they were, I feel like the owners were both like chemical engineers or engineers or something very cerebral. They were very smart people. And then they decided they didn't like the industry. So they started making booze from family recipes <laughs> and they try really hard to locally source a lot of their flavors. Hmm. And they name things really cute after stuff in the Black Hills, too. So there's, you know, Calamity Jane stuff and, you know, Wild Bill Hickok stuff. And it's pretty, it's it's cool. I like it. My sister worked a, a summer there and I took her there for her little uh, bridal shower thingy. It's definitely a good place to stop for like a little food, some wine, some beer. Although, I mean, like I've been iffy on their, I've only had their beer a couple times, so I can't say it's like the greatest thing in the world, but it's definitely a good place to stop in one of the starts of, uh, you know, good microbrews in the area, at least. If you oh, want something sure. locally done, locally sourced, it's a good place to go. Yeah, I really liked they had a few different sours and doing some funky stuff. I liked their flavor palettes. So, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Oh, but if you're in Rapid City, please go drink at Hay Camp Brewing Company. Their new location is opened up in Rapid City. It's right near downtown, and it's delicious beer. Downtown oh. is like three blocks. Yeah, it's, <laughs> it's three blocks. It's like just right of downtown by, by a block and a half if you wanted a good. But I mean, it's all down there for stuff like independent alehouse. All it's right down the block from that, so it's real easy to get to. Yeah, 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 yeah. But our friend Carl, 
our friend Carl owns that one and he taught my husband how to brew. So it's near and dear to our little hearts. So, hey, go drink yummy things there. Um, anyways, enough, enough about Burr in South Dakota, which I'm sure you are all just dying to know about the red ass rhubarb wine and the different breweries out there. Is that literally the name? Is yeah, they red ass rhubarb. Yep. It's got they, a picture of a donkey's butt on it, too. <laughs> my parents live next to the big, a big billboard of it out in the hills. That's pretty great to drive by. <laughs> just a big old donkey with a red ass rhubarb. Just turn left at the donkey's ass, and uh, that's our house. Mm hmm. Enrolled by Noel McDonald's farm. Oh, <laughs> that's a cute petting zoo. It's a very cute petting zoo. It's pretty oh nice God. out there. My parents live in a nice little hole away from everything. It's beautiful. That's out by Reptile Gardens, too. Yeah, it's past that a ways, and there's that new, like, uh, crazy Founding Fathers Museum or whatever out there that's like, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> They let you shoot black powder guns, though, which is fun. That, sounds, that sounds pretty wicked. All right, well, team, enough South Dakota reminiscing. <laughs> Let's move on with the podcast and talk about plants. I, I think, Dan, didn't, didn't you have some things? You were going to talk about some yeah. bugs. I wanted to bring up pests. Uh, pests. What is and what isn't? This is a good question. So <laughs> a lot of times in the garden, you know, you look out at your plants and they look not happy. You know, they might be drooping or there's a bunch of holes in them or something. Sometimes it's pests. Sometimes it's because you forgot to water them and it was hot out. Ah, shoot. But um, when it comes to pests, it's good to, um, before you try to, like, treat them, you know, a lot of people, when they see that there's bugs, they just, like, want to go out and get insecticide and just kind of blast everything. But before you do that, you need to uh, do three things. One, you need to decide whether or not you should be alarmed. Sometimes you'll see bugs on your plants that aren't really a problem. For one, ants. People freak out a lot about ants in their garden. Uh, They can look kind of weird, especially, I don't know what it is that they're doing in the spring, but it seems like, you know, once or twice in the spring, you'll see just like swarms of ants coming out and they've all got wings and they're just like going nuts and they're like crawling all over the place. Uh, Don't freak out. It's not, they're not going to like devour your garden. Ants don't eat plants. Well, some of them might, but for the most part, ants are not a problem. Uh, Earthworms are also not a problem. Some people think that you need to, if you find an earthworm or any other type of worm in your garden, that you need to pick it out. Uh, Just leave them in there. They're nice. They're friends. They're plant (laughs) friends. And natural aeration, right? <laughs> exactly. Natural aeration. Both ants and and earthworms. Natural aeration. Um, <clears throat> something that shares the name of a worm, a cutworm. That is a problem. In uh, my- yeah. These guys are uh, have quite a reputation because oftentimes you don't see them until it's too late. So if you ever go out and you see one of your plants looks like someone just chopped it off. You know, right at the couple inches up from the ground, that's a cutworm. They kind of, they're actually moth larvae. They're oh. like, they're like uh, caterpillars. So they're more like a kind of a grub? They are uh, grubbish. They're they're grub-esque. They're they're grub-esque. They look like kind of a cross between a grub and a caterpillar. They're kind of like short and fat. So do they have little feet? Yeah, they have little feet. Pseudopods. Pseudopods. Um, Uh, But yeah, usually you'll see them just kind of hanging out in the first couple inches of soil. If you actually spot them before they 
eat your plants. Uh, and usually if you grab them, they just curl into a ball. But anyway, those are cut worms. You want to get rid of them. Those are scary. Let me backtrack because I got sidetracked here. <laughs> so there's three things that you should do before you go out and buy insecticide. The first thing is to determine whether or not you actually need to do anything. Because a lot of the times it's just, you know, if there's a one or two bugs and you and you see that there's bugs on your plants and you start freaking out, just kind of chill. Look, Take a look at what the bug is. Move to step number two and diagnose. So figure out what bug this is. Go to WebMD. Mm, maybe. <laughs> <laughs> Google it and find out if your plant has a problem. <laughs> Kidney stones for plants? Probably not. <laughs> but maybe. My plant's uh, chronically depressed. <laughs> So here's what I here's what I would recommend for that. Instead of WebMD, I recommend going to extension.umn.edu. What talking to a professional? That's awesome. Slash gardening. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> What's that URL? One more time. The URL is extension.umn.edu/gardening. And so this is the extension office of the University of Minnesota, the gardening department. And they've got like a pretty cool, like what, what pest is this? What insect is this kind of like guide? So if you spot something weird and you don't know what it is, you don't know what to do, hop on there, figure out what bug it is. Maybe that'll tell you whether or not you need to be alarmed. And a lot of states have their own extension offices with their own gardening practices. So if you, if you have local fauna, then you're not from Minnesota. Check out South Dakota. <laughs> I know Vermont has their own gardening master's program with along with like that same Randy extension. Randy is beating me to the punch. I was just going to say, check your local extension yeah. office. Like yeah. Denver's got a good one. Uh-huh. And Iowa, everybody. <laughs> Go online, find out if your local universities have an extension office. Do it right now. Stop this podcast. Pause <laughs> and come back when you're done. <laughs> Did everybody do that? Okay. Take a breath. <laughs> okay. All right. So let's say that you've just gone to your local extension office. You've looked up what it is. That's me typing. <laughs> <laughs> They're probably going to tell you what it is. They're probably also going to tell you what to do about it. Um, and that's kind of step three. And that's, you know, you need to kind of judge for yourself whether or not you need to, you know, how much effort you're going to put into it. If you only have one like rose bush or something and you and you see that you have rose chafer on it and it's just one. Maybe you can just squish it. Maybe you can just, you know, pick them off and flick them away. And if that's the only one that you've ever seen, probably you don't need to worry about it. Probably you don't need to get insecticide. You don't need to get soap. You You don't need to nuke it. Yeah, you don't need to you don't need to blast them out of existence or anything. Um, So let's talk about some other common pests. So now that you kind of that now that we kind of know what to do. And not to like freak out, but to sort of chill. Keep calm. Keep calm and web D- MMD. <laughs> web MD on. There we no, go. No, no. Keep calm and 
use your noodle, pasta salad. No, uh, keep calm and <laughs> like pick up some clues when you go online. Uh, maybe take a couple of pictures. You can always email pictures and describe your symptoms to the University Master Extension Program. Absolutely, you can. Yeah, and, and that's a, that's a great thing to bring up. That you know, take some pictures. Use the power. Use the power of technologies. <laughs> this is we we're living in the future. So use the camera. Take you know, find some clues. Mail in your Polaroids. <laughs> Are your, are your leaves turning yellow? Do you see weird stuff around? What kind of cuts are there? Have you found any bugs? What do they look like? Mm-hmm. Take some pictures, and that'll help figure out what's yeah. going on. Okay. You know, the other thing you can do if you only saw it briefly and then it flew away before you could take a picture, try to remember things like which plant it was on and where you saw it on the plant. Some bugs are only, you'll see them only on the underside of the leaves. Mm-hmm. Some of them, you'll see them only on the stem. You know, things like that. So that's just another item to kind of, you know, remember not just which plant, but where if you didn't if you didn't see what bug it was. Smart. Um, let's move on. So <laughs> Japanese beetles. That's Lana. <laughs> I have my puppy here with us. So any jingles you can hear is a four month old Doberman Chihuahua. <laughs> and my foster dog ain't doing crap right now. So uh, you won't hear her. Oh, but Ginger's, Ginger's so a cute. sweetheart, she and she is so available sad. for adoption. She's like a hundred pounds, and she's floofy, and she's so sweet, gentle giant. She makes me want to watch Beethoven second. Mm. <laughs> and right now is the like cutest thing on the couch. Sorry, like you have nap, to hear about it. Nap time. I know my little toddler girl's trying to play with the big puppy. <clears throat> <laughs> or just sniffer. That's what dogs do. Okay, still, where were we? Where were we? So I was going to mention Japanese beetles because these these things you hear people talk about them a lot. A lot of people can get them confused with like ladybugs. Hard as that seems to believe, but they think that like orange. If a ladybug looks orange, then it's a Japanese beetle. That's total crap. That's that's not at all true. Japanese beetles are a lot bigger than ladybugs. They have kind of like iridescent green heads and kind of like shiny coppery brown wings, elytra, if you will. Um, and they usually have like white tufts. <laughs> oh, I will. If you will. Oh, I will, Dan. Yes, I will. Elytra. Um, But yeah, they have like these little white dots you'll see like along the sides of their abdomen, these little tufts of white hair. That's how you know it's a Japanese beetle. That's it's very distinctive when you see it. They don't shave their armpits. That's how you know it's a Japanese beetle. They might be French. I'm not sure. (laughs) Uh, But these things, you'll see them on a a lot of different plants. They can be almost anywhere. Um, And they are very hungry little beetles Uh, so but you know again and it's not something that these are interesting bugs because they're not really something you can spray because when you're spraying insecticide on your plants you're only hitting the beetles that are actually there right then and japanese beetles are very mobile so they can you know hop over to your neighbor's house or maybe they'll hop farther farther away than that and then after you've sprayed they'll come back and they won't be affected by it at all so uh, so in, in some in some instances, it's best to just pick them off. Do those Japanese beetle traps work at all? I never tried them, but probably they maybe. don't. They don't. Really? That was a trick question. I've never I've never answer. heard of them. I've never heard of a Japanese okay, beetle trap. So they use a pheromone to attract beetles to come to the trap. 
However, they will attract beetles from like a whole mile radius. So you're just attracting all of the beetles to your yard when you use those Japanese beetle traps. I read a great prank online of a like pet bad neighbors, and one neighbor kept on harassing the other one. So the other guy, like the other guy, had enough. The his his unfriendly neighbor had like a prized rose garden. And Japanese oh lady beetles gosh. love those. Uh, they ro- eat the crap they, out they of roses. roses. So he's like, he found those traps at a local hardware store. Took all the <laughs> took all the uh, bait out of them. No traps. Put like four of them strewn in his like rose garden. Oh at night. no, <laughs> that's, uh, a, that's a dick move. <laughs> but he's like, I, he's like, I've had enough with him. I've we've been to court. Like like, <laughs> I did I did the thing. He would never find. Out because there's like I'm not gonna tell anybody outside of like private channel. It's on Reddit. This great story, but like he's he's like yeah. But like, and now it's on this podcast, and like, now now it's everywhere. Is pending. Everywhere that guy is screwed. <laughs> but uh, like by like 5 p.m. the next day, his roses were gone, and there are oh, just yeah. like thousands of lady beetles. Yeah. So those traps are kind of usually a no no because they are pulling from all over the neighborhood. Oh kind of thing. So what you do is you give those traps to somebody you don't like. <laughs> great pranks. Or I feel like if there was somewhere in the in the neighborhood who could be a trap facility, like that would be nice. Someone who just wants the beetles. Well, just like set up the traps by the pool or something like that, and they'll just all go die by the pool. And because you're not gardening by the pool, I don't know. Hey, that's true. Maybe that's a terrible idea. I don't. Oh, excuse us. <laughs> dogs are dogs are having fun. Sorry, the dogs are being pretty silly. You know, if if you'll allow me to interject here, since we're talking about Japanese beetles who look kind of like like if you've ever seen the mummy and seen those creepy scarab beetles. Oh yeah, yeah. they like come out of that guy's face. Oh yeah, so yeah. the the Japanese beetles are a smaller version of that, but they're much bigger than ladybugs, and they're mm-hmm. iridescent kind of in a greeny pinky spectrum. Yeah. Um, they're definitely metallic and ladybugs are never metallic. They're only ever red with black dots. Yep. Yep. Um, yep. And, and little, white, little white parts on their head. Yeah. And so the larvae of real ladybugs are actually excellent predators for things like aphids. So people will take pictures of the larvae of everybody quit go Google ladybug larvae so you know what they look like in their various instars, which means like life phase. Uh, But they're like little black spiky with an orange band. They look a little freaky. They're small. People are like, oh my God, what is this eating my plant? It's like, no, no, no. (laughs) That thing is your friend. That thing is fixing your aphid problem right now. They eat tons and tons and tons of aphids. They're really good. So that was end of end of my interjection. Well that was the end of my pest bit. So Randy Randy has something to say about our last podcast that Dan hasn't even listened to yet. Yeah, I'm pathetic. Pod shaming. Pod shaming. No, and we we bring you in for the good facts, but now we're going to talk to you again. But it's not going to be as political as last time. All I re- I think we really want to emphasize, though, is like with, with the actions of removing from the Paris Agreement, things like that. That I mean, we we're not a, usually a political podcast, but we care about the environment a lot. We are people who believe in you know 
caring for the earth. It's, the Bible put it stewards of the planet, as other places would put it. You're a family with the planet. You know, there's a lot of there's a lot of different takes you can take on it. Um, whether regardless of who you are and your political slant, we're not gonna be here and beat you into a liberal pope because we want to present our views. Often that's not who we are. But when you step back and take and you take the action of stepping us away from the rest of the world and in terms of good environmental action, we all should speak up. We, there shouldn't be a question. So I don't want to like, I, I, I mean, when we talked about last week, we didn't want to, or a few weeks ago, we didn't want to be like, this is like, you know, start, start becoming Democrats or whatever. It just means we all have a vested interest and we all should really care about it. So, I mean, with that, I mean, you can take what we say with a grain of salt, but we're here because we are tilling and tending to mother earth. And we want to make sure that it's here for a few more generations. In fact, a lot of generations, <laughs> Because we haven't figured out space travel yet, so uh, we can't live on other planets. So uh, we got to learn that before we can start really, really messing this place up. And even then, we shouldn't. (laughs) That's my maybe not the way to end this message, but just ideally, we're not going to be beating you over the head with political stuff. But we do. We're going to reinforce the idea of conservation, the idea of real good earth tending, and that you know actions like what our what our current president has done does not reflect us or the rest of the country and hopefully you know like i said we have a few years before things start taking action that are bad hopefully we don't run out of time that's about it i don't know anybody else has anything to say about that i agree okay dan you need to listen to the last episode because i I presented like 20 plus ideas on how you as an individual can Take care of the environment at home. Oh, awesome. Yeah. We so pretty- I'll put a, I will get a recap up of episode two. I'll get a recap up of episode three, which had all of our uh, ideas on things you can do at home. And uh, I promise to do that. I'm lazy and I'm working on that, but I'm trying to get better. So there's that. And a great idea, too. Maybe we do some instructable videos later if it's more complex ideas that we want to break down. But hey, that's for now. Break it for later. Break it down. All right. All right. That's all I really had to say. Uh, that's, some, I mean, enough soapboxing that this podcast ever needs. Otherwise. Yeah, we're on the side of logic and reasoning and uh, healthy balance and read the directions and do good things. That's all. And if anything, pick up some dog poop once in a while. We don't need those <laughs> nitrates in the river. Really. Come on, you guys. That's about all I have to say. Hey, why don't we move on to a few questions there, Mr. Randy? You want to read us a few questions? Absolutely. I am ready for that. All right. Here we Uh, go. All right. What can I plant between slow growing plants, dahlias, tomatoes, and peppers to both make the best use of the space and protect the dirt from the harsh sun? Would pumpkins be crazy or would they just suffocate my other pretties? Well, that's a great question. (laughs) I'm so glad you asked. Uh, I'm going to go ahead and say, yeah, pumpkins are a bad idea. Pumpkins need like, I don't know, half your yard. They take up tons of space, squash and and correct me if I'm wrong, but. So pumpkins would squash your tomatoes? (laughs) (laughs) Probably. They probably choke them and and, uh, take all their precious water. Don't do it. Don't do it. Uh, So what would you do to protect the dirt from the harsh sun around your tomatoes? Uh, I would mulch. Ooh. Yes. Yeah, yeah, Mulch. yeah. 
What do you like to mulch with? Uh, I have just mulched with straw. And that's uh, that's pretty good mulch. You can also mulch with like newspaper, wood chips, you know, stuff like that. Basically, the point of this is. What about compost? You could mulch with compost. Yeah. Yeah. And then at the end of the season, like till it into the soil or something. Sweet. Okay. I think, I mean, the, the kind of the point is to reduce moisture loss from the soil. So you're, right. kind, you're kind of trying to put something between the sun and your dirt. And if it absorbs and holds moisture, well, that's all the better. Like a maxi pad. <laughs> Mulch with maxi pads. <laughs> That probably worked. With or without wings. That'll have you poised for success. <laughs> okay, sorry. Uh, so don't mulch with those. Uh, use compost and straw and things that will help retain moisture and give nutrients to your plants. Mm-hmm. What I have grown, and tell me if I'm crazy, Dan. Yeah. Dan, you're a master gardener. I'm going to trust you. Uh. I have done, when my tomatoes are little babies, and I want to use some of that space in between, I've done an extra short season crop like microgreens mm-hmm. that I will just sow and then like two, three weeks later, it's like little two inch plants and I can cut them as baby greens or I can just pull yep. them out of the ground when they're one inch tall and they're microgreens. And then, and then I eat them. I throw them on a salad and then you've used that space a little bit. Oh, yeah. yeah, absolutely. I think that's a great idea. Um, I did the same thing in my garden with radishes, actually. Radishes. Oh yeah. my gosh. What's our next question, Randy? <laughs> Uh, speaking, uh, speaking of radishes, uh, can I still grow radishes this late? Do you have any favorite varieties? Oh, that's a great question. That is a great <laughs> question. I can't wait till someone's not a great question. That's a, that's a really <laughs> stupid question. <laughs> that's, see, here's the thing. We don't shame anybody except Gab on this podcast. Okay, so that could have been a better question. How about that? No, not this question specifically, but literally. No, radishes are great. So yeah. what people don't know about radishes is that radishes are actually delicious when they're fresh. Sometimes when you get them from the store, they're kind of starchy and don't really know how to use them but they're actually super tasty and give you that nice uh crisp bite in uh, anything you use them in absolutely it's kind of like mustard greens you know they kind of have like a little like a little bite to them like a little peppery (laughs) (laughs) no radish i have a little story so my uh girlfriend and i were planting our garden back in the winter this was back in like i don't know february maybe before you know we were able to do stuff outside uh and so we were gonna plant tomatoes and cucumbers and eggplants and cherry tomatoes and beets and peas and beans and peppers and hot peppers and she was like this is just too much stuff there's just way too much going on and i was like well let's do radishes too and rutabagas i wanted to plant rutabagas but (laughs) i couldn't find any rutabaga seeds and i heard that they're kind of tricky to grow here but um anyway so i was like yeah we'll plant radishes and she goes dan we never eat radishes why would we grow radishes in our garden what's the point why would we grow something that we don't eat and i was like listen we'll figure out a way we'll eat the radishes but anyway so i went her over we plant the radishes and a couple of weeks ago they're they're ready to eat you know they only take a couple of they only take a couple of weeks to ripen yeah so 
we made uh, radish salad and she was just like a crazy radish fan now. Ah. So, <laughs> now, now they're her favorite plant in the garden. Eating them fresh <laughs> is the way to go. That's They taste amazing that way. They're nice and crisp, like kind of like a water chestnut with flavor. Mm-hmm. They're mm-hmm. good. That's a good way to describe it. And you can throw them on a salad with pea shoots and spinach and a nice lemon vinaigrette. Uh-huh. Or um, I know if you go to Betty Danger's Country Club here, they grow those giant watermelon radishes, which are really cool looking. They look like a slice oh. of watermelon, like green on the outside, pink on the inside. Yeah. And they pickle them, right? I don't remember if they pickle them, but because they... Because I had the avocado. I was there this weekend and they They serve had it with the guac. The yeah. guac dip. Yeah, they pickle <laughs> pickled radishes and they're delicious. Is it pickled? I think so. That sounds awesome. Because they... I mean, maybe it's straight up radish, but it feels, it feels like a little pickled. It's not as strong as a bite, but it definitely has a mm-hmm. bit of a vinegar to it. So... <laughs> I think I'm it's a little pickled or lightly find, pickled or something. I'm going to find out next time. Find out about whether or not these radishes are pickled on Vernon North. It'll be very pertinent and you all care. We'll record on the Ferris wheel there. <laughs> oh, my God. Can we? I can, wish. I, I wish we had the power. To that. <laughs> all right. I, this, these are all battery powered. We can we get need, it up there if we need to. We need 10 extension cords and we'll, we'll duct tape them together <laughs> so that we're at the top of the Ferris wheel and they won't fall apart. Oh, my God. Okay. So radishes. Can we still grow radishes yes. this Yes. yes. Yeah. Yeah. You can keep yes. plant, keep planting your radishes. Yes. Every couple of weeks, you can put in another crop. Do it. Yeah. And if What's, they don't, if they don't grow that well, the thing about like cold season plants like radishes or like kale or spinach or whatever that grow best when it's cooler, you can plant them again late in the summer, and then they'll grow through the fall. Do you have a, a favorita? I don't. No, I just grow radishes. I don't even remember what variety. <laughs> just generic heirloom radish or something. <laughs> Thanks for that specific advice. Yeah. So I like to grow Easter egg radishes, which are a beautiful variety of uh, light colors. There's yellows and pinks and purples and whites. Very pretty. I also like to grow French breakfast radishes, mm. which are um, a little longer and they are red and white. And then this year, I'm trying two new varieties of radish. I'm trying watermelon radishes again. I didn't have great success last year, but I'm trying again. Try and try again. (laughs) Figure it out. What'd you do wrong? Try something else. All right, I'll figure it out. Um, But uh, from a nice farmer, an uh, organic CSA farmer named Taya. Hi, Taya. I don't know if you listen, but hi. Um, She gave me these cool black radishes um, that are an Asian variety and I'll have to look up the name and then I'm also trying these um, heirloom radishes that look like carrots but red and it's a radish so they should be like six inches long and I'm like that's perfect for slicing that will be awesome so I'm trying several varieties of radish this year at the end of the season I will report back and I will tell you which radish I was successful with that's a lot of radishes well, I only I use this square foot gardening method mm-hmm. in my raised beds, so I only have like a one foot square of each variety growing, and so each one is probably only going to have like nine to twelve plants yep. in it. Yeah. So I'm not going to get a ton of radishes, but also, who's going to eat a bushel of radishes? Who even knows what a bushel is anymore? <laughs> Uh, I'm gonna I'm gonna eat a handful or two handfuls, and I might buy some at the farmers market. But I don't eat radishes every single day. I'm not that French. <laughs> I like my French breakfast radishes, but you know, 
They're a treat, not a <laughs> not a staple. <laughs> anyway, so that's what I'm trying. Uh, I'll report back as to what, what were my favorites this year. I want to see what uh, tolerates my watering methods in my garden space the best, and then I'll pick a favorite. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Anyways, next question, Randy. All right, final question. A few days ago, we got hail, and now all of our hostas, rhubarb and can cannas. I'm sorry, I'm cannas. Like, yeah, cannas are have a holes punched in them. Is there any kind of first aid I can give them? Do I have to cut off the leaves? That is an excellent question. <laughs> <laughs> I had to be. Dan's looking at me like, "Are you going to say it? Am I going to say it? Are you going to say it?" No, that's a great question. It really is. We did get hail. There was uh, there was crazy weeks of heat, and then there was hail and a huge downpour, yeah. and it was kind of an interesting that's extreme. I passed out on the couch and scared the crap out of me that morning. <laughs> I was like, <laughs> <laughs> "You woke up to the yeah, hail just, after you passed out, or uh, it was so scary you passed out?" It was so scary. I woke up to it, and I was like, "Ah." And the dog was jumped on me at the same time, so I was like, oh, no, no. like all the animals climbed on me right at the same time, like save us, but save yeah. me, Randy, save me. <laughs> and at the moment, like, do I bring in my plants? That's oh, too late. <laughs> well, I did some research to find out what can you do after a hailstorm for your plants, and lucky for us, this particular hailstorm happened early in the season, so we still have a couple of months for our plants. To recover from this, yeah. I guess hailstorms that happen, you know, late in the summer when a, when a plant doesn't have very much time before they need to go dormant for frost, yeah. those are the ones that are the most damaging because if it's weakened and then winter hits and it's already weak before winter hits, then that sucks. So, okay, uh, what can you do? Well, take off any branches from your trees that are already snapped. Anything that looks super damaged, cut them off. Uh, clean up that. On your herbaceous plants, you really don't want to remove more than about 30% of your leaves. So, if you're if you have a plant that's young and doesn't have a whole lot of leaves, just take off the parts that are like hanging off. So, if a leaf mm -hmm. is busted in half, take the half that's hanging off and leave that other half of a leaf because even a half of a leaf is better than no, no leaves. Leaf. Yeah. That half leaf is still going to be making some sugar and feeding your plant some energy so that it can recover. Um, so after you've cleaned up anything that looks really ugly, uh, go ahead and make sure you mulch around things just like Dan was talking about. Yeah. Um, and that's going to help keep water in uh, and it'll also kind of help when heat waves hit this summer. Mm -hmm. So heat can also weaken your plants if they're already hail damaged. Get some mulch down there. Um, and since it's so early in the season, go ahead and give them a light feeding of some kind of fertilizer to help stimulate new growth on your plants. It's a good call. That's a good idea. Yeah, because they are missing a few of their leaves. You've got some time to grow some new ones. So go ahead and uh, hit them with some miracle Grow or some Espoma product if you're really organic. Um, and give them something to eat so that they can start to regenerate themselves and get stronger before the end of the year. Um, so I would take off just the ugliest of the leaves and make sure you're leaving about 60% of the plant there. 
make sure it's mulched. Give it some compost and straw and then maybe a little, maybe some nutrients and you should be good to go. You can sing it a lullaby to sleep too. I think that I've heard that that helps. I've heard it helps development. <laughs> I prefer to cradle mine. You cradle, you cradle your hostess. Mm-hmm. So I put them a little rocker thing and I just gently rock them to bed. Rock them to bed. Okay, mm-hmm. so that's the first aid that you can give them is cut off anything that's busted and gonna die because you don't want it to just hang off. You yeah. want it to be a clean cut. And uh, you don't have to cut off every single leaf. They should come back. Your perennials should come back just fine next year. Uh, Some things you can do if you're expecting hail to come is if you've got cages on your tomatoes, throw a sheet or a tarp over the top of your cages. Oh, that's cool. Stake it down because your cages are already going to give you some frame support. Um, If you've got some buckets, like some big five-gallon buckets, you can turn those upside down over the top of your hostas, that kind of thing. So a little bit of prevention is key to try and keep your things from looking too trashed. Um, And I'm really sorry that that happened to you. That sucks. Um, Other than that, like protecting them from heat waves at this point in the summer is the best thing you can do. So water wisely, I gave you some good tips on our last podcast about watering deeply and uh, two to three times a week total. You really only need about an inch of moisture a week for most perennials. So if it's rained like it has been recently, you're good for you're good for the week. You don't need to be watering right now unless you want to water in a a little bit of nutrients Um, and then mulch to help keep the soil from drying out all the way and then uh, deal with pests the way Dan told you, and we're good. <laughs> Do what I told you. <laughs> Do what he said. <laughs> And that's it. Like, that's the best we can do at this point. Nature happens. It's okay to kill plants. That's, uh, <laughs> if, if something in, if you try to take care of something and in two weeks it still looks crappy, feel free to go ahead and replace it. Yeah. 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 Nothing wrong with that. Just no shame. No shame. No shame in replacing it. Yep. It's all. It's all, it's all a big experiment. I like how that uh, nature happens. Never just nature. <laughs> <laughs> nature happens. <laughs> I like it. Uh, so I think that's all we have for you this week. Hopefully we get uh, Miss Nikki to serve us up something awesome with a bunch of herbs next week. I've been growing a bunch of herbs. I got to hook her up with so she can play with those flavors. What are you growing in your garden, Mr. Dano? Holy smokes. Uh, like I like I mentioned before, there's tomatoes, cucumbers, eggplants, peppers, all that kind of stuff. The things I'm most excited about are beets. As far as herbs, the thing I'm most excited about, Thai basil. I freaking love Thai basil. You can make <laughs> pho. You can make drinks. You can make cocktails with it. You can use it in curry, like green curry. Okay. okay. Awesome. Awesome. I love it. My favorite herb. So I started doing something kind of cute. I'll have to post a picture about it. But I took these basil microgreen seeds and some uh, rainbow Swiss chard microgreens. And I spelled out verdant (laughs) in basil (laughs) and north in Swiss chard. And it was all flat yesterday. And today, verdant north is like grazing out of the ground. The seeds haven't sprouted (laughs) out of the earth yet, but you can totally tell that it's (laughs) 
sounds pretty awesome. Like a sweet banner picture. Oh, I'm excited. I'm so excited. It's my little spearmint. Um, I, do you have anything left to plant yet this year? Yeah, beans. I haven't put my beans in yet. I'm feeling really guilty and embarrassed about that. Gardener No, no I've just like <laughs> spread that across the internet. That's that's great. But to all 30 people who listen. They're going to be like, oh my God, I'm so unprofessional. The, the biggest shame around here. Oh, I heard he didn't get his beans in yet. <laughs> God, who's going to listen to those guys? I haven't got my peppers in yet. I have a little oh, pepper yeah. plants. I just haven't stuck them in my raised bed yet. I have a bunch of lettuce to harvest out of it, and then I can stick mm. some peppers in it, and I can forget about it almost. So that should be good. You know, if I find, uh, not that they're going to grow well, but if I find rutabaga seeds, those are going in too. You and your gosh dang root, rutabagas. <laughs> so, so good. I'm uh, glad we pulled that out of you the, the very first, first episode, <laughs> the pre-episode. You're like, I love rutabagas. <laughs> You need to go to Seed Savers Exchange and, and see what they say. Yeah. I don't even know so anything. Have some about good rutabagas. I don't even know. Uh, <laughs> do you have any landscapey style projects coming up in your parents' yards this? Mm, this I summer? do. I bought a bunch of natural, uh, or well, all plants are natural, right? But uh, native, native perennials like mm. meadowy looking, sort Very of cool. like xeriscape, like low maintenance, low water kind of plants so i'm gonna be putting a bunch of those in their in their yard that's awesome they I gotta, better not mow over them they better not mow yeah. this <laughs> that's what happened last time i'm putting in a hell strip garden and i'll try and put some before and after pictures and do a little blog post about that but the hell strip is uh some people call it the boulevard some people call it the oh. island it depends on what state you're from but it's the strip of soil between your sidewalk and the street uh, and yeah. i have a cool little succulent garden in one part of it and I'd like to expand it across the whole thing. So I want to do that and then I have to expand my patio garden. So I need to rent a sod kicker and get moving on that. It'll be good. Awesome possum. So all of you listeners out there, we'd really like to see pictures of what you're growing. Can you show us your veggies? Can you show us your fancy hostas that survived the hail? Can you show us anything cool that's in your yard? Bugs, plants, we want to see it. Please shoot us a picture on our Verdant North Facebook page or at Verdant North on uh, the Twitter and we're, we'll, we'll shower you with compliments. <laughs> shower you with something. <laughs> <laughs> and I'll I'll start showing pictures because I rescued a bunch of little plants that my wife had bought, but we left for like a week and we're like, oh no, there wasn't enough rain. But I rescued a bunch. I put them on our little uh, planter out in our back oh, porch good area. Job, so good I, job. I spent a week saving those things while my wife was out in Seattle. So oh, I, have to, I do have to show off. I felt a little proud that I actually tried <laughs> for once. I'm usually terrible at this, so I've been I've been more focused and more you know trying to make our lives grow a little bit more here. And yeah. uh, you know. I'm it's, it's successful. A little so far, a little, make make our back porch more verdant and lush. <laughs> hey, thanks for listening, you guys. Shoot us some pictures. Uh, you're the best, and keep it growing. It's okay to kill plants. It's okay, absolutely fine. And as always, you can find our blog posts online at verdantnorth.net. Find us on Twitter at verdantnorth, and you can find us on Facebook by searching Verdant North. If you want to contact us, but hate social media, you can email us at vernonnorthteam at gmail.com. You can hear this podcast through SoundCloud, iTunes, Stitcher, or Google Music Play. 
podcasts. Don't forget to like, rate, or comment and share the podcast. The more likes, ratings, and comments we receive, the more visible we become. Please and like us. Please like us on the space book. And we're having fun, and I know we have listeners out there, so keep on listening, keep on sharing. It's always great to know when we have more fans and more people listening to us, because we, we're here to offer some very real information. Hopefully we're not boring as crap. Um, <laughs> yeah. Uh, you can find... One man's crap is another man's fertilizer. <laughs> You can find Caroline Hallstrom on Twitter at Miss Zero Line. I'm saying it that way, so that way you could put it in right, but it's M-I-S-S Zero L-I-N-E. You can find Dan Hudson, not online anywhere, but if you look a little bit in your garden, you might see him in there. <laughs> um, our spirit specialist, Nikki Lyons, is on Instagram at November Blue 83 That's November B-L-U-83. And you can find me on Twitter at Marlin underscore Rando. You can also hear me on the Scattered Pod Podcast, also available on SoundCloud, iTunes, Stitcher, and Google Play Music. Ooh. We have over 50 episodes, and we, surprisingly, one of our members, Nate Shafrick, he is going to uh, Botswana, I believe, for Peace Corps, so he is going to use some shakeups. So, podcast family's leaving. Um, as always, special thanks to some of the people that have contributed through us, like Brietta Stead, Daivu, and Corey Hartung for helping us make us look good and available online. Thanks, Dewey. And as always, uh, thanks to Minneapolis Man Volcanus for allowing us to use their tunes follow their hilarious video blog project on youtube and listen to them and their arch rival band prozac rat on bandcamp youtube and find them on facebook and you know what go to their shows in minneapolis prozac rat shows are hilarious so do it we should all go as a team anyways promote it Uh, but otherwise uh again thanks for listening everybody and remember it's okay okay to to kill kill plants And 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 weather happens. And, and nature happens. Nature happens. I screwed it up. God. <laughs> Bye.